Welcome to the 7220 Sports Kickoff Show. Here are your hosts, Cody Tucker and Jared Newland. Presented by the Brown and Gold. This show is also sponsored in part by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Wyolato, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Lovejoy's Bar and Grill. Uh, just when I think I've seen it all, 40 years I have not seen it all. Um, you know, obviously we're really excited about the win and, and the resolve of our players to believe and all those things. Uh, you know, that's outstanding. We need to build off this. It was Rook Brown's birthday, and obviously you know, we were singing happy birthday to him. You know, a great pick. Uh, Appalachian State is a really good football program and a really good team. And uh, we did not play up to our capabilities, uh, particularly on offense, for the majority of the game. And then, you know, we were able to pop the big run, and I knew that was about to come. And, um, you know, our defense started to do a better job getting acclimated. But, you know, we are having a hard time on that last drive and a couple drives before. But... Um, this team believes in one another. They're poised. They keep on playing hard. I've seen other teams start to fracture, and that was not the case here. And we beat a really good football team in an unconventional way, and we're going to take it. I mean, we're 3-1, and one, and uh, so we're celebrating the win. Um, and uh, we got a lot of work to do, but uh, I'm going to enjoy tonight. Never a doubt, Jared Newland, never a doubt. Craig Bowles said that uh... – Forty years, four decades of coaching, he thought he had seen it all. He absolutely had not. Forty years on this earth, I have never seen anything quite like that. How about you? One of the crazier games overall that I've ever seen because pretty boring for the first (laughs) three quarters, to be honest with you. But Wyoming's defense was the MVP of the game because held them to four field goals. Yeah. boy, If one of those was a touchdown, it's a totally different outcome. We all know that. It's funny, during the game, I got a guy going, what is wrong with this offense? What is wrong with this quarterback? And I said, dude, I think the bigger problem right now is on the defensive side. They gave up four drives of 12 plays or more, including that 18-play drive that culminated in the block field goal by Devon Harris that turned into a kick six, basically. Maybe they wore down the offensive line. I know there's some different guys out there on field goal unit, but still, maybe they wore them down. That's how Devon got through there. Yeah, maybe App State's offense got tired. Uh, (laughs) 10 of 19 on third down, and they were just the maddening kind. I remember a lot of very good Wyoming teams that had bend but don't break defenses. That, that won championships. Yeah. They, they would give up yards between the 20s, but when it came down to it, they held them to field goal or field goal attempts. Yeah, and Andrew Peasley after this game was saying, hey, good teams, this happens to good teams. Every good team has a stinker. You just hope it's a an isolated stinker and not uh, signs of troubled waters. But I, I, I think back to 2021. The Cowboys were picked to finish second coming into the season. They jumped out to a 4-0 four, four record for the first time since 1996. That was the most hollow 4-0 start I've ever seen. That was the miracle to pull off against Montana State in the opener with a touchdown to Welsh at the, at the buzzer, basically. And then, you know, they did take care of Ball State, but then they have another stinker against UConn. Uh, they give up a gigantic lead at Northern Illinois, and a guy named Harrison Whaley busts a couple of long ones. And next thing you know, with eight minutes to go in the fourth, Northern Illinois has a lead when they were down, what, 42-14 to 14 or 42-16 or something like that in the third quarter. So that was the most hollow 4-0 I've ever seen. And I remember Craig going, guys, we're 4-0. Why are you asking such negative questions? It's four, We're 4-0. And we're like, coach, keep telling yourself that. Keep telling your team that. But we saw the real deal 
the following four weeks, including a 14-3 loss to New Mexico, which you said before we went on the air was probably one of the worst performances you've ever seen. Definitely in the top five worst games in the war for sure that yeah. I've ever witnessed. Absolutely. Um, but I also said that with like six minutes to go in that game, Wyoming's driving. is like, they get a score here. They could actually pull this out. Yeah. They get a score and a stop, you know. But it was that was one of the more lackluster performances that I have ever seen in that yeah. I can recall anyway. Just brutal. Brutal game. And then what the week before, the week after they lose 14, 17, nothing to Fresno State. Yeah. I mean, it was just Lost at Air Force, somehow had a 14-14 tie at half in Air Force, but even that felt like a sham, and you thought, oh my God, when are the Falcons going to just explode here? And then they did. Then the Cowboys go on the road at the end of that four-game stretch and lose at San Jose State, and just the wheels officially came off. It's still hard to believe that team became bowl eligible and won their bowl game at Kent State, but we all know after that, uh, 12 starters basically entered the transfer portal within minutes of that game coming to an end in Boise. So um, I don't feel that way about this team. I feel like they really played well against Texas Tech, obviously Texas. uh, Portland State wasn't ideal, but they still took care of business and won by a couple touchdowns. This one was bizarre from start to to finish. I think one thing that everybody's forgetting is to give credit to App State. Absolutely. That's a very good football team. And I'm one of them. I'm guilty of it. Yep. I told you last week, I why are we kissing their tail? Now, now we kind of know. They've got some dudes. They do. They do. <laughs> um, but Wyoming's defense, like I stated earlier, I, I really think, obviously, that they were the MVPs of the game with what they were able to do by stopping them, holding them the field goals, and holding the nation's leading rusher to only 30 carries, 170 yards, at the 3.6 average. He came in the into the game at six point something. Yeah, they did and, a really nice job on him. And 30 carries to get to 100 yards, that's a workload yes, for it a is. guy. So he was taking a beating. And I think his longest run was 18 yards and came earlier in the game. Uh, but overall, the defense, the front seven did a great job on him. And they did a great job on um, all their other guys, too, because they had 50 carries. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and... Where where it really came down to it was stopping them on third down. And some of those were really short yardage situations where they got them. But some of those times that was maddening. the receiver, the tight end, open over the middle. Yep. And third and seven, third and eight, third and six. Just But, hey, we're not coaches. Savell knew what he was doing. Yep. It was okay to give up certain areas. In the, he, they didn't want anybody to get behind them. Got killed between the 20s. Really did. Joey Aguilar had a really efficient day. Um, I didn't think Sean Clark, App State's head coach, did them many favors in the red zone. They, The play calling went really vanilla. They really tried to run into a brick wall down there between the 20s, and I, I didn't think he did them any favors. So, um, luckily for Wyoming. Does it remind you of somebody else that used to be on the other sideline, maybe? <laughs> used to be? <laughs> hey, hey, I'm not going to do that yet. Uh, so... Just to, for those of you who don't know, and if you don't know, you absolutely live under the biggest boulder in the southeast Wyoming. Um, Devon Harris, Wyoming's defensive end, breaks through the line with a little help from his friends, throws out his big left mitt, knocks down the Michael Hughes 47-yard field goal attempt. Ja'Cory Hawkins, who started on the left side of the defensive formation, something told him I'm going to move to the right, and I would think that something is they were on the opposite hash, so it made more sense because the ball was going to come that way anyhow. But hey... If it was Jiminy Cricket or God or whoever, (laughs) good. He moved over there. Johnny on the spot ball pops right into his hands. One hop into his hands. 
off he goes. He's one of the fastest players on this team. He was clocked running 22 miles per hour plus when he was at Ole Miss in their secondary. Uh, Craig Bull looked at him and knew this one was gone. Uh, let's hear what Craig Bull had to say about that whole uh, that whole sequence there from Devon Harris, who you're going to hear a great impression of the uh, <laughs> of the junior the junior edge rusher known as Speed Goggles. Well, no, you know, typically, you know, I told Oscar, let's go with the max block, and so um, the guy who blocked it was Devon Harris. I asked him, was it you, Devon? He goes, yeah, it was me, and. Uh, uh, if you know Devon, you can appreciate that humor. Uh, but uh, Oscar Giles goes through a Friday night meeting on all that. And then when I saw Ja'Cory picked it up, I was like, there ain't nobody going to catch him. And and so it was mad chaos. We ended up burning a timeout, and we schooled up a two-point two play, which actually turned out to be a huge play because that changed the complexion of what they needed to do. Devon Harris, if you look at him, you think, what position does that guy play? He's not a muscle-bound dude. He's not intimidating at all. He's kind of got poofy hair, and he's got the goggles, the rec specs going, and uh, he wears sweatpants that are multicolored tucked into his socks with, like, I don't, I don't know if they're Crocs or what they are, but he's an eccentric fella. I've seen you do that before. <laughs> no, you In fact, have not. you're wearing pajamas this morning. <laughs> no, I'm not. I promise. No, this guy is eclectic to say the least. So uh, very unassuming. And I thought this quote from middle linebacker Easton Gibbs, he spoke about Devon Harris, the uh, the star of the game, if you will. I named him my first star, which a lot of people were like, what about Rook Brown? He had two two turnovers. What about Ja'Cory Hawkins? What about Harrison Whaley? Uh, Devon Harris is just, he's so unassuming that uh, it was good to name him a first star because he played like a first star. Here's Easton Gibbs' thoughts on the uh, Cowboys edge rusher. Yeah, I mean, just simply what to put it, it's, it's Devon. You know, he's, you know, that's awkward guy who somehow is always in the right spot at the right time and always making plays. Um, we love him. You know, he's a playmaker. This is what he does. Um, you know, I think people don't see a lot of players like him. You know, they probably look at him or are like, what's this guy doing? And then he hits him with some crazy move and they're probably like, whoa. Um, but, you know, we love the guy, and, you know, he balls every week, and he's the most, like, trustworthy guy you got out there, so you always know he's going to do his job. So Even he calls him awkward. As long as he keeps doing what he's doing. Devon had nine tackles in this game. He had a sack. If you remember, there was a fourth down, fourth and one at midfield. He met Nate Noel in the hole, and Nate Noel went backwards. And he took a helmet right to the sternum yeah. and stuffed Noel. Stuffed him. Yep. And he said, my goggles fell down. They were on my nose, and I didn't even know where I was at. All I know is uh, I was getting a lot of pats. Uh, I tweeted out when that happened, go rewatch that one ten times over because you don't see guys meet guys in the whole Oklahoma drill style and the defensive guy win very often. So really good game for Devon Harris. He's just so unassuming that we kind of look past him, but he's been the Cowboys leader in sacks. He's back at it again this year. So really good performance by him. The big question, Jared, I think that I heard a lot during the game and have been hearing all week, is there a quarterback controversy in Laramie? Absolutely not. I mean, when you see a backup quarterback and a young guy that has, hasn't played before, like an Evan Sabota, even though he knew that he was going to play in that Texas game, so he was preparing that, that week, um, you see those guys go in and they just play football. Yeah, They're not thinking a lot. When they have more time to prepare and keep going at it and watch, and then they they put integrate more of the game plan um, or more plays into their repertoire. 
that's when they it's they overthink stuff in my opinion yeah i mean you see it in the nfl a backup guy comes in it's like where was this where's this guy and then he plays the next week totally gets throttled yeah when a defense has time to prepare for something i don't think there's a quarterback convert uh controversy at all sorry um and then uh and peasley knows that he didn't play well the receivers and the tight ends didn't help him much. Not at all. They didn't get separation. Two drop passes by the tight ends. Um, uh, I I feel that Asante gave up on that long play. Sure looked open. And he had two steps on the guy, and you could tell how he was frustrated when he left the field because he knew if he kicked in that other gear, he had a touchdown. Yeah. And that was a great ball. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, who, who's more popular than the backup quarterback, right? Especially when your starter is 5 of 15 for 31 yards and a pick six. Do we remember when Peasley had a very similar performance last year against Illinois? What did he do the next week? Yeah. Was he the Mountain West Offensive, offensive Player of the, of the Year? Or, yeah, of the week. Yeah. Um, I honestly think that Peasley's going to come out and play really well against New Mexico. I do too. I have a good feeling about that. And even if it's, you know, 10 of 15 for 130 yards in a TD, yeah. that's pretty damn good for, I mean, for what he is asked to do. Yeah. And he's probably going to have 50 on the, on the ground. Yeah. So. Well, my thought is guys, uh, he's three and zero as a starter. Um, Craig Bull absolutely loves him. And, um, that might not be convincing you yet, but the one thing I think we overlook so much because we're not in it, uh, that locker room loves him. They like Evan Svoboda a lot. They love Andrew Peasley because of what you saw against Texas Tech. And I, th- I think that they feel like they can do what the coaches want them to do with either quarterback in there. Yeah. But I truly believe at this particular time, they got to stick with the super senior, the guy who's a team captain, yeah. leader of this team, leader of the locker room, leader of the huddle. Mention, imagine benching a guy that's 3-0 right now. I, It'll never happen. I don't know why people even would consider talking about that. Well, people don't think about – I talked to Frank Crum off the record, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind sharing this with you. He he loves that guy. And and Andrew was sitting in the room while we were talking, and he pointed at him, and he goes, there's something about that guy. He, he's special. He, the minute he walked in here from Utah State, people gravitated toward him. I think that's a really underrated value of a player that we don't get to see. We don't know because we don't get to see it on a day-to-day basis. Uh, here's a perfect example. After the game, after a dismal performance by Peasley, he threw nobody under the bus, and before he came out behind the podium, he's in the locker room celebrating with his teammates, grabs a game ball, stands up on a chair, and says, Happy birthday, Rook Brown. Here's a game ball. You saved the day today, and had everybody in the locker room sing happy birthday to Rook Brown. Yep. That's a leader, folks. Yeah. And that's somebody that people rally around, want to play for, and play with. Yeah. So everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yes, I get it. But what? why are people complaining about a 3-1 and one football team with the schedule they've had? They could very easily be 1-3. and three. <laughs> I mean, yeah. seriously. And Bull admitted as much after the game. Wouldn't you be much rather be rooting for a 3-1 and one Wyoming football team on homecoming? You know how many people I told on Saturday, would you want to trade places with App State right now? I didn't see any hands raised. <laughs> it's weird. Here's Andrew Peasley on his performance, and the word that comes to mind, uh, you already said one of them, leader. The other one is absolutely accountable. I mean, obviously, I just want to say that um, defense played their butts off tonight. Uh, I think offense 
was a little out of rhythm. We had, I mean, in the first half we had seven penalties. I know that, and I think that's what we had on season totals. So um, I think we just couldn't get in a rhythm. I think I need to be more accurate. And, uh, you know, I think my decisions were good. It's just wasn't getting completions. Um, we weren't moving the ball on offense. But, you know, like winning is hard, and we won. And that's always a thing to celebrate. I think good teams, you know, are bound to have a game where one side is kind of is struggling a little bit. And I think the defense stepped up so much and the special teams. Obviously, you guys were out there and saw. So I'm just really happy for, you know, the whole defense and that um, field goal block. Uh, I just know that I got to be better. And I know we got to play cleaner football. Um, you know, we didn't even get in the red zone on our own. And that's. That's kind of embarrassing by us. I think we need to be more efficient. And, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going to be thinking about all weekend. Um, just kind of coming back Monday, mm-hmm. happy we have a win. I'm going to enjoy it tonight with my team mm-hmm. because we did win. And I'm not going to say we got lucky, but, you know, good things happen to good thing, or good teams. So I'm just I'm happy for our team. Nobody knows he needs to be better more so than Andrew Peasley. Uh, Craig looked at the tape. Uh, He didn't want to make too harsh of a judgment on Saturday night. So Monday when he met with the press, he said exactly what you just said, Jared. Yeah, Andrew wasn't on – he wasn't at his best. Uh, Those throws to Asante, if those are on target, that's two touchdowns possibly. Um, However, he did not get a lot of help from the receiving core or the tight ends at all. And I started watching when it got really bad when I'm thinking, man, he's three of 12. Like, how bad is this? I started focusing instead of on him, on the receivers. Nobody was getting open. And I don't know if it made a, a hill of beans this week, but Tanner Gentry was in the building this week. I, I was told he sat in meetings. Uh, he went to practice. Maybe somehow, some it certainly doesn't hurt, but maybe somehow, some way he found a way to give these guys some tips and say, you got to get open. And I saw a play, for instance, one that uh, was a third and long. Wide receivers took off downfield. Tight end took off. I watched Trayton Welch. He was right in the middle. He kind of put his butt into his defender and acted like he was, you know, in the block, you know, backing his guy down. Nobody came back for Andrew while he was scrambling around the pocket. The, The line gave him plenty of time all night long for the most part. Gave him plenty of time. When you're scrambling around and it turns into a scramble drill, you need to get open. It's sandlot football at that point. I, I was really discouraged, and, and Trayton Welch is a hell of a player, and I, I'm not indicting him on one play, but he looked like he was in the block waiting for, a, waiting for a pass to come in when he had a guy all over his back, and nobody was open. The one, the one criticism maybe for Peasley on that, although after rewatching the game, I think the edge rushers for App State and their linebackers were really disciplined. There wasn't a lot of lanes to run, but if there's one knock on him that, and I asked Bull this, is he still, is he 100% healthy? Uh, Because he didn't look eager to run. But after further review, just like Bull has to look at the tape, I came home and looked at the tape. They were very disciplined. He did not have a ton of running lanes. And I thought the same thing. Maybe he wasn't fully healthy, but for him to be able to unleash those 250 yarders that were just out of the reach of Asante, that showed that his arm was healthy. And that's about as good as he can yet because he flat out said the week before he he would try to throw a pass and it would just sting yeah it would go down his arm yeah and i know what he's talking about i've had a little bit of a shoulder twinge before mm-hmm. and it stings like none other yeah and and if he's actually trying to, to whip a ball 50 yards down the field he wouldn't be able to do that if his shoulder wasn't good now is there other stuff going on possibly i mean the guy 
he got beat up against Texas Tech. Yeah, he did. He got hit hard against Portland State yeah. several times, and that's why he didn't play the fourth quarter. Yep. Um, so maybe another week of taking it somewhat easy, uh, and he didn't take a, a lot of hits against App State. Um, he did He did get sacked a few times, but they weren't hard punishing hits. Coverage sacks. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's, let's, let's see what happens today. Yeah. You mentioned you mentioned that Illinois game, and that's perfect because um, that was my first thought. We've seen this before. Last time, though, Peasley, and I don't know if it was on his own or if he was being protected, he didn't really come out and talk to the media much after that. He got rid of his social media accounts. I mean, I talked to him down the road, and I was like, is this a lot different than Utah State? Uh, yeah, found out in a hurry that Wyoming fans really care, and that's not to say Utah State fans don't, but you have a whole state well, and being a starter and being a team captain. Yes. I asked uh, Frank Crum, Wyoming's big super senior left tackle, about the flack that was sure to come Peasley's way this week from the fan base. And uh, this is what Frank had to say about that. Yeah, Pease's leadership and knowledge of this offense is the greatest you know, that we have. And so to have that behind you and uh, him dialing it up, whether whatever his stats are, I don't really care. Um, I care about the 1-0 and stat. And for anybody who wants to get after Andrew Peasley, um, you know, we're the Cowboys and you can come attack all of us because it's not a one man, uh, it's not a one man show out there. So he doesn't deserve any flack. We all got things we got to get better at. Um, but yeah, this is not a criticizing thing for Andrew. We all got things to work on. Um, but we, we're one and oh, that's our biggest goal. Another team leader, it appears, right? He says, uh, don't point the finger at him, point the finger at all of us. We're all in this together. We all have a lot of work to do. And he's right, man. That was a shared offensive issue. And, oh, by the way, that Harrison Whaley's pretty damn good, isn't he? He cures a lot of ills. It's almost like they come out with those plays, and the offensive line knows if, if they get that one key block that he's gone. Yeah. And that what a, what a better time yeah. for that to happen, right <laughs> after the pick six. It was huge. First and, go, first and 10, 25-yard line. Just boom. Yeah, it was and huge. Randy. second fastest guy recorded this this last week. Third fastest if you account the NFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, yep. he's special. And it doesn't look like he's really going all that fast, but he just <laughs> blows by guys. And Asante had a key, like, just get in the way block. Yeah. He, did, he had his hands up in the air, wasn't going to get flagged for anything, just kind of stayed in the stayed in the way of the defender and got him into the end zone. And when you look at the overall stats from the App State game, you know, 417 to 208 total yards, you're like, there's no way that they would have won this game. But, hey, folks, and one of the key stats, they held the team scoreless in the third quarter for the fourth time this season. Wyoming is only one of six teams in America to hold their opponents scoreless in the third quarter, and they've done that 20 to nothing this year. Yep, special stuff, man. Wyoming knocks off App State 19, the most improbable of wins to move to 3-1 and one on the season. Of course, started the year with that win over Texas Tech. Knocked off Portland State, fought Texas to a 10-10 tie after three quarters before falling in that one, 31-10. Beats App State 22-19. Up next on the docket, homecoming in Laramie, Wyoming against the New Mexico Lobos. This is the 76th meeting. Wyoming has won 40 of those, including four of the last six. 
We talked a little bit about it in the open, but uh, two of those losses were especially painful. Uh, Cowboys 14-point favorites today. We'll break down the Lobos on the other side of the break. This is the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented in part by Wild Lotto. When the pokes win, you win too. Learn more at wildlotto.com. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome back to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Brown and Gold. Another one of our great sponsors, Papa Murphy's, with the 50% off game day special. Code 7220sports in Cheyenne and Laramie. That's online only. 50% off. I definitely know what I'm doing during road games <laughs> when I'm not on the road with the Yeah, folks. absolutely. Uh, New Mexico in town. Homecoming. Um, Wyoming's a 14-point favorite. That's all the good stuff, Jared Newland. Beautiful weather. Beautiful one. weather, yeah. We knew that when the schedule came out, too. And I've actually heard people gripe that there's too many home games this early in the season. Do you like freezing to the bleachers and not showing up? I like wearing, you know, extra layers at football games, to be honest with you. Because it's football weather. Like, you know, last week against App State, it got a little chilly there. Yeah. I mean, there was a briskness in the air in that fourth quarter, so I actually put a coat on over my sweatshirt. Well, I think you'll get your dream next week when Wyoming and Fresno State, which we're hoping is a gigantic game in the Mountain West landscape, maybe even the Western United States landscape, that game has been scheduled, announced scheduled for 6 p.m. kickoff. So, And um, it's either going to be on Fox or FS2. Yep. I know we're getting a little ahead of the horse here, but uh, um, so the TCU and Iowa State game um, – scheduled on the same day is either going to be FS2 or Fox as well. So it depends on how they do today mm-hmm. um, and, and how Wyoming does as well. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Fresno State's going to win. They're playing Nevada. I would say by at least 25. <laughs> wink, wink, if there's any betters out there. <laughs> and like we said, Wyoming is a 14-point favorite. Do not tell Craig Bull about point spreads or the past or any of that good stuff. Here's what Wyoming's veteran head coach had to say about the incoming New Mexico Lobos. You know, significant improvement on offense. Hopkins uh, transfer has really uh, light, lightened up their their offense. He's got a strong arm. Uh, they've got a host of receivers, some transfers there. They're huge up front. Um, on defense, <clears throat> obviously, it's kind of still the ghost of Rocky that's out there, this uh, mafia tree that he has. Uh, they play a really stingy defense, and that's been a, a real challenge for us over the last several years. And so we're certainly excited about this game. Jared, this is not the same old Lobos. Uh, they have run the most bizarre offenses since Bob Davey was there. Uh, they, they're basically running the option. They're just naming it weird stuff, spread option, uh, flex bone option, speed option. All of those uh, names, uh, it didn't work. Very often. We won't talk about 2016 when it worked to absolute perfection against Wyoming for the to the tune of, what, about 600 rushing yards? Since it's been nothing short of a train wreck, they've gone through 12 quarterbacks 
in the Danny Gonzalez era, and that's going back to 2020. Uh, they haven't even eclipsed 5,000 yards. Last year, New Mexico was the only team in the country that didn't at least reach 3,000 yards of total offense. That's hard to believe with it <laughs> <laughs> overall, but New Mexico has had spurts of like, oh my gosh, these guys are good. Well, just last year against Wyoming, yeah, up 14 nothing before you could even blink an eye. And yeah. It was like, oh gosh, are we in for another one of these games? Yeah, no doubt. And they have some guys. They just can't put it together. And um, as Craig said, you know, they have big guys up front. They've always had big guys up front. Mm-hmm. It's just that they don't have that confidence that could actually hold on and win a game. I think they what they suffered from is what they're not suffering from now, which is an identity crisis. When you're going to run the option, you need to sell out to run the option. You need to recruit a quarterback who runs it, offensive linemen who run it, running backs who run it. I think, they, like you said, they've had a big offensive line. Big offensive lines are not efficient at running the option, no matter what you want to call that option. It's not, it's not efficient or sustainable. We see it in spurts, like you said. Last year they played Boise State really tough in the first half, but when you get that team down, they didn't have a shot to come back. And they did go up 14-0 on the Cowboys last year, yes, and it was impressive. They ran it right down Wyoming's throat. That was also the first game without Cole Goodbow in the middle, Keontae Glinton out for the year, and that's when they started some kid out of the middle of nowhere who's five foot eleven, 180 pounds, named Rook Brown, who finished with 10 tackles in that game. Um, it, it eventually turned around. New Mexico can't throw the ball. They threw a pick six to Cam Stone. Uh, they threw another pick later to Ja'Cory Hawkins. Uh, they, they cannot throw the ball. That has changed. Dylan Hopkins has changed. Danny Gonzalez, to his credit, and I hope we don't have to turn around and use this on Craig Ball one day. I really do, Jared, but... He said, hey, this ain't working. What we have going on ain't working. So he went to the portal. He hit it hard. He went and got a new offensive coordinator who also happened to be the interim head coach last year at UAB in Alabama, Birmingham. And he brought his quarterback with him, Dylan Hopkins, who's been fantastic. We haven't seen these kind of numbers out of a a Lobos quarterback in years. And they already have 16 total touchdowns on offense this year. They had 15 all of last year. Well, and six through the air. Yeah. When's the last time you've seen a New Mexico team, especially for the through the first four weeks of the season. Never. Um, but he's, yeah, he's 57 and 97, 827 yards, 60 Ds, and only two picks. Yeah. Very effective. Very. He threw four touchdown passes and a win, a blowout win over Tennessee Tech. That's the first time a quarterback in New Mexico has thrown four touchdowns in a game since 2018. He also threw for more than 300 yards. That's the first time that's happened since 2021. That's how bad this New Mexico offense has been. And I wrote it in a story this week. You think Wyoming's offense has been bad. You think it's tough around here. Imagine being in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it's not that the numbers are all that drastically different, unfortunately. The Cowboys have started six quarterbacks since 2020. Uh, They've thrown for maybe 1,000 more yards. 32 touchdowns, 32 picks. Not ideal. But where they've separated themselves, and this is what I found we were doing the research, you're talking about an option football team. You'd think, oh, their quarterbacks have to have a number of rushing yards. They only rushed for eight hundred some yards in in those in those years, four years, three plus years. Cowboys over twelve hundred and nineteen touchdowns. So Wyoming's quarterback run game is the thing that's really set them apart from New Mexico as far as inefficient offense. Yeah, and um, we're going to see that same kind of a deal today. I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, between both quarterbacks, the way that they can throw the ball or not throw the ball, yep. scramble, and not scramble type of a deal, you know, just comparing the two quarterbacks. So um, it's going to be one of those, uh, you know, drag them out, 
barroom brawls today. Um, but, you know, Wyoming's offense will prevail in the end and get open and, and spread it out a little bit more as we see the game progress. You would sure think. Uh, New Mexico also, they haven't they haven't ditched the running game. They're running the spread, but they certainly haven't ditched it. This Ja'Cory Krosky Hawk Merritt dude. Say that again? <laughs> Ja'Cory Krosky Merritt. Yeah, he's, he's running the ball very effectively. Seven touchdowns. 48 carries, 328 yards, 7 TDs, so he's obviously efficient. Yeah. And I'm guessing a lot of those are short yardage touchdowns, unlike a Harrison Whaley where he's bursted for 63 and 75 this year. But um, overall, you know, 169 yards a game, and Wyoming's 168. Yeah. Very evenly matched on the ground today. Well, and all you need to do is scroll down a little bit there, Jared, and what popped out to me Three receivers already with more than 140 yards for the Lobos. You don't see that ever. And Luke Weissong, their veteran in that unit, is at 99 yards. And they all have a touchdown. That does not happen with New Mexico. They are, granted, you got to take this with a grain of salt. They've played Tennessee Tech. They ran that score up to 56-10. They played UMass. They had a huge lead on UMass last week in Massachusetts. Blew that blew a huge lead. Ended up going in overtime and prevailing in overtime, but lost at home to New Mexico State. Not not another world beater, but Texas A and M in that first game kind of showed that you know they got a ways to go. You did see the stuff that came out this week with the New Mexico oh. quarterback who was born in Albuquerque. Yeah, New Mexico State quarterback. Yeah, New yeah. Mexico State quarterback, yeah. but born in Albuquerque <laughs> in their indoor facility before the game, peeing on the Lobo. Logo. While also giving the bird to, to another. another Lobo logo on the wall. <laughs> I mean, not that that rivalry doesn't have enough trouble. First of all, how does that escape the the video escape of that? <laughs> it's got to be a teammate or something because there's no Lobo people in that facility at I'm, that time. I'm sure, like most teenagers, they shared it on Snapchat or something, and then it ended up in administrator hands. Good point, though. I forgot about that. Stay uh, classy, Las Cruces. <laughs> Las Cruces is actually cool. I like that place. If I had my choice on where to go to school, I'd be going to Las Cruces if I was a New Mexican. Over Albuquerque, really? Yes. Albuquerque is... It's rough. It's rough, and if you don't play basketball... Yeah. And you hope Danny Gonzalez is turning that around. He's one of my favorite coaches in the Mountain West. He's a great guy. He's an alum. I really love that he took the chance, because it is. And let's be real. These guys are egotistical as hell. Craig Bull's been beating this drum for 10 years now that we are going to run the football, period. And Danny Gonzalez said, this ain't working. And it wasn't an exciting brand of football, which wasn't putting butts in the seats. And you have to adapt to the players that you have on the current roster, too. And if yes. they think they can get playmakers over guys who are going to run the flex bone, the wishbone, whatever the hell, the hell they're playing, you're running, yeah. um, that, that's the way that they have to go. And they, they adapt to who they have. Somebody that we know does not do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think what we're seeing here, Jared, and I know this is a cuss word around here, even though I wrote a story about it this week, that it shouldn't be. I think we're seeing that the transfer portal can work for teams that are that are like New Mexico. Who, who would want to go to New Mexico? They've been nothing short of a train wreck for almost a decade. They're guys that want to play football, though. Yes. That were recruited at other schools that just aren't getting that playing time. Yes. They're like, you know what? I want to go someplace where I can actually get on the field. Their starting safety went to Oklahoma. You don't accidentally stumble into Norman, Oklahoma. So he wanted to play. Good for them. They made it happen. They brought in 18 transfers this offseason. 
And that's what he needed to do. And I give Danny Gonzalez so much credit. He just said, you know what? This entire program needs a facelift. And let's be real. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily on the hot seat, but because I don't know if there is such thing as a hot seat in Albuquerque, but he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be on the hot seat. And I love that he made these drastic changes. It's incredible. And if you haven't read it, uh, I encourage you to go to 7220sports.com and read the story I wrote this week about the transfer portal. And it starts off with just some stats and just some numbers through the Cowboys' first four games of this year. Harrison Whaley has been incredible. Andrew Peasley's had unbelievable moments. Evan Sobota stepped in and played very well at Texas. At, at Texas. Um, Ja'Cory Hawkins returns that unbelievable blocked kick, you know, 63 yards for a touchdown. Where do you think Wyoming got all those cats? Right out of that portal that everybody despises. Yes. And guy, they are bringing guys in that are being impact players. You're seeing these huge numbers leaving Laramie. I believe it was 16 guys left this offseason. Four, four of them played. Five of them played. Three of them were probably what you would consider really good. And one of them, Emmanuel Pregnon, I think. You're talking probably an NFL talent. Isaiah Nair hasn't seen the field in two weeks. He didn't see the field against Wyoming, and he didn't see the field in a blowout against Baylor. I'm such a glutton for punishment. The other night I rewatched Houston and TCU just to watch Josh Cobbs. He was on the field for maybe four plays. He had one target, and he slipped and fell. And he's, and he's starting on special teams. He and, wasn't playing special teams. Several Wyoming. of those guys never found a place to go at all, so they're yeah. so-called retired from yep. football. Yep, Show, as good as Oregon State's been, and they're play, they played Utah last night. He hasn't played. Cam Stone was injured. His numbers are not what they could be or should have been at Wyoming. Uh, these are not gigantic, earth-shattering losses. You guys are looking at 16 and going, oh, what the hell is going on in Laramie? Oh, but Whaley's going to hit the portal again, right? Yeah, oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, oh, Folks, no. People who transfer in cannot transfer again. <laughs> Unless they want to sit out a year. sitting out a year. That's a penalty. Yeah. So I would urge you, before freaking out about guys entering the portal, which this week... DQ James, Wyoming running back. I spoke to DQ for 31 minutes on Monday morning. I heard the news, or on Tuesday morning, heard the news Monday. A source told me Monday, he has been dismissed from this team. I reached out to DQ's dad, who confirmed that he had been dismissed. And then I talked to DQ on the phone for 31 minutes. And I said, how do you want me to word this? I was dismissed. Then between that and maybe four or five hours of, and obviously some PR work, he did not get dismissed. He entered the transfer portal. The transfer portal is not even open. Not even kind of. We're months away from the transfer portal being open. He's announcing his intentions, which he should. Of course, he's going to go in the portal. He just got dismissed. So, yes, he's going in the portal. Um, but people are acting like I, I've seen the narrative out there that, oh, he must have mentioned he was going to go in the portal at the end of the year, and he must be pissed about his carries. He has just as many carries as Harrison Whaley. I'd say 35 carries through four games is a pretty good sample size. Um, it has not translated. Have they? Did they use him correctly all the time? Probably not. He's five foot seven, and guys don't see the same holes. No, that other guys do. They just have a knack for finding that that hole, and they and they also see that a, a certain hole is closed faster than others instead of just running into a brick wall. Absolutely. And um, and you know those passes out of the backfield just haven't worked out the way that we have talked about. Yeah, that's where they should be using him. And no offense to DQ, I mean, great kid, yes. one of your favorites. One of my favorites, yes. And he's he's going to be successful wherever he ends up, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but 
if you can't get on the field with that speed as a punt returner or a kickoff returner, something's not there all the way. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like you said, I wish DQ the best. He's a good kid, and and I don't blame him for whatever transpired during those hours after we talked where all of a sudden he didn't get dismissed. You don't want the every college coach in the country knowing you got dismissed from a program. Yeah, like you said, there was definitely some internal PR work between yeah. Wyoming and DQ saying, hey, we want you to be able to go somewhere. This is how we're going to do this. Yeah, It's just not working out here type of a deal. Sure. And I, I certainly, you know, it's hard to put yourself in a journalist position when you put out a story from a guy who tells you he's dismissed and then four or five hours later he's saying, no, I wasn't dismissed. Then you're getting a bunch of messages going, somebody's lying here. Obviously, I have plenty of receipts, but I'm not trying to dump on the kid. I want him to be successful. I want him to go forward. I want him to do his thing. But the fact remains, DQ James was dismissed from this program. Wish him the best. Love the guy. Every Monday, even if he wasn't being interviewed, he came in and shook all the reporters' hands. I can't tell you how many times he sat down with me when I didn't even ask to talk to him. And we had 30-minute conversations about life, and that kid's had a tough life. He's had a lot. I mean, the only reason he's here is because his high school teammate got a scholarship to Wyoming, and he was murdered. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason. He was originally going to go to Hawaii. So uh, there's going to be opportunities for DQ. Happy for him. I'm excited to follow the rest of his career. He's a great kid. So um, back to this Lobos team a little bit. Uh, no more Rocky Long. And Craig Bull joked about it, that the ghost of Rocky remains. And uh, looking at some stuff this week, Jared, uh, unbelievably, we knew Rocky Long had Wyoming's number, you know, quote unquote. He was 11-5 and all-time against the Cowboys as a head coach, whether at New Mexico or San Diego State. And you might be thinking to yourself, oh, he owned Wyoming at San Diego State. He was 3-1. and At New Mexico, he was 8-2, and which he took full advantage of some really, really bad Wyoming teams in the early 2000s. But impressive nonetheless. A really good guy. Uh, he actually coached at Wyoming back in the early 80s. He was you, a D.C. at Wyoming. You talk about a thorn in somebody's side. Yeah, yeah. Rocky is it. And he spent three decades in the same conference as the Cowboys. And the good thing is, he's no longer there. Yeah. He will not be on the sideline nope. or in the box today. No, he is in Syracuse. He's at Syracuse now. Who Undefeated? Orange or undefeated. Um, I'm sure they are shocking people with that defense, that famous 3-3-5 defense he runs. Uh, but Troy Reffitt, the new D.C. in Albuquerque, is a disciple of Rocky Long. He runs the same defense. He coached with him uh, back in the day when Rocky was the head coach in Albuquerque, and uh, he's with he's in the coaching tree. He's one of the many in, in Rocky Long's coaching tree. Craig Bowles, fully aware, um, spoke to a player off the record this week that said, man, you know what, that defense is tricky, but there's holes all over it. You just got to find the right hole and hit the right hole. And if you do, it's going to be a long day for the Lobos. If you don't, it's going to be the opposite. And we talked about the two unbelievable losses to New Mexico. Keep Think about this, Jared. Danny Gonzalez is 3-20 and 20 in Mountain West play. Two of those three wins have come against the Cowboys, including a 17-16 win in an empty Sam Boyd Stadium. For those of you who don't know, Sam Boyd Stadium is in Las Vegas because New Mexico was displaced during covid and they lived in a hotel, like a vacant hotel, and did walkthroughs in the parking lot and somehow got off the mat and beat the Cowboys that night in Sin City. 
That also makes my top five one of the worst football <laughs> games I've ever watched in Wyoming history. Uh, New Mexico is always Thanks for bringing that one back. <laughs> yeah, Craig, Craig would rather talk about that one than the 2016 debacle. I've never to my li- in my life seen anything like that. But the one in 2016 didn't affect the Cowboys the way it did later on. No. Because they knew that they were in the game. Yeah, the in the championship. Games. Yeah, they did. But uh, it also lost a defensive coordinator his job in a hurry. That yes. year also included giving up, what, 70? 73 to UNLV, 72 in triple overtime. Yeah, I can't remember what that final was. That was a fun game to watch, though. It was, but man, uh, if Wyoming would have won that game, that would have been one of the greats. Oh. Uh, but the fact they didn't uh, made it absolutely hideous. Uh, unless you have anything else to add to the Lobos, you want to take a look around the Mountain West? And yeah, some, let's close the book on the Lobos. Um, today, around the Mountain West, this might be the bottom 10 game of the week. Utah State at UConn. One and three against 0 and 4. And Utah State's favorite. Man, UConn's bad. Gross. Uh, Boise State at Memphis. Pretty, I mean, I I bet you this is a hell of a game today. Very exciting. Yes, exactly. Um, Hawaii plays at UNLV. UNLV, three and one. Kind of a, I don't know if they're a true surprise because we knew that Barry Odom was going to get some guys and he got some guys through the portal and get them playing. But three and one. This is the hard part of their schedule yeah. coming up. They're running the ball very well. Yeah. Uh, Utah Tech at CSU. Utah Tech, the old Dixie State. Um, a lot of people there are still pretty upset with the name change, and they're not supporting. But that's also a bad game. Uh, San Diego is wearing their beautiful orange and green uniforms as well. Today. Oh, great. Alf- alfalfa and pumpkin, I'm told. Can't wait to watch that on the highlights. <laughs> I won't watch the game. Uh, San Diego State at Air Force, the definitely the uh, Mountain West game of the day. Um, you know, go Aztecs. They're so bad. They are. They. They're so bad. Oh, they just make so many bad mistakes. Yes. So many. Once again, no quarterback play, and now their defense is letting them down. Yeah. And then uh, winless Nevada at undefeated and number 25 Fresno State this evening. Oh, my God. They better hope the Bulldogs take mercy on them because that's going to be ugly. <laughs> and then, you know, there's some national games, a lot of national games today um, that, you know, that people are going to be talking about. Uh, USC down down in Boulder, um, that that's already underway uh, this morning. Um, Penn State at Northwestern. Did you see hear about them? <laughs> They were practicing with no music. With right? no music because they know that there's no atmosphere at Northwestern. So they said, yeah, we won't even have any, uh, any music today at practice, folks. Um, uh, for our Big Red fans, unfortunately, people do listen to the and follow the Big Red. Michigan in Lincoln today. Uh, interesting game is number 24, Kansas, at number three, Texas. And Texas is a huge favorite. They are by 16 and a half, which is very surprising. Uh, because Lance Leopold and those Kansas Jayhawks, they they play football now. Yeah, it's not a basketball school anymore. They do. They're actually playing football. Um, and SEC game uh, number thirteen LSU at number twenty Ole Miss. Um, you know we we were joking earlier that it was the anniversary of uh, Lane Lane Kiffin getting fired on the tarmac uh, when while he was at USC. That's the I don't know, the fifth anniversary. I don't even know how many years ago that was. Has anybody been fired in more bizarre ways than him? Remember when uh, Al Davis came out looking like Skeletor with a bunch of <laughs> like Band-Aids on his head and fired him from the Raiders? How in the hell did he end up at the Raiders? I mean, he was like 22 years old. <laughs> Probably his dad. <laughs> well, and his dad coached at CSU for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And then uh, Notre Dame at Duke uh, this evening. 
um, number 11 at number 17. Should be a hell of a game there in North Carolina. Durham. We have about 20 seconds here. Um, Wyoming's 14-point favorite of the Lobos. I think they cover, and then some. I think we see a motivated Wyoming team. Andrew Peasley's going to be on his game today. I totally agree. I know last week you were asking for an upset. I was hoping for an upset. I mean, not an upset, but a blowout. Um, I I had a feeling it was going to be a, a one-possession game. This week I do um, say take take the points with Wyoming. Wyoming covers today and kind of sends a message that this team is for real and um, just sets up a huge game next week huge. against Fresno State. Huge. If you think about it, the Cowboys got Fresno State, then Air Force, then a break, then Boise State, then CSU. Speaking of getting into the meat of your uh, your your conference schedule. So no better way than to start off in New Mexico. Don't stumble here. This has been the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by the Brown and Gold. This show is also sponsored in part by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, Y.O. Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, and Lovejoy's Bar and Grill. Thank you for joining us. For Jared Newland, I'm Cody Tucker. Stay tuned for Wyoming football next right here on KOWB.